to the Asimov cast. Short bursts of joy, thoughtfulness and inspiration from the works of Isaac Asimov. I'm Lozzie. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Asimovcast or email to asimovcast at gmail.com. This week we're shifting to just one story per episode, for now, and another Susan Calvin story, Evidence. Evidence was first published in 1946 in the September issue of Astounding Science Fiction. Francis Quinn is meeting Albert Lanning of US Robotics and Mechanical Men because he believes that Stephen Byerley, his political opponent and a candidate for mayor, is a robot. Byerley has never been noted to eat or drink and has progressed rapidly in the past three years from a modest background. Quinn demands US Robotics investigate Byerley but Lanning scoffs at the idea. Of course, if Byerley were a robot, he would have to be positronic. Quinn constructs a somewhat fantastical set of coincidences that could allow a used positronic brain to be repurposed into a fresh, human-like body. Lanning is backed into a corner, wants to avoid the bad publicity, and agrees to meet Byerley. Lanning, of course, brings Susan Calvin with him to meet Barley and mentions the accusation. Barley cracks up laughing at him. Lanning snaps a bit, saying he's sure they never manufactured him, but the contention has been made. Barley interrupts to say he knows it's Quinn who was behind it, and Lanning refuses to confirm, but says he's bound to investigate. He asks Barley to go and be photographed in a restaurant eating. Byerley strongly resists, recognising the straw man argument and the shock of the statements that he never eats and never drinks are designed to implicitly attribute guilt, despite being impossible to prove. Lanning is huffy, but Byerley engages Susan, knowing her to be US robotics robo-psychologist. He suspects, correctly, that she has brought him some food that he could eat right then. She produces an apple which he proceeds to immediately take a bite of. Lanning is relieved, but Susan says it proves nothing. If Byerley were a human robot, he would have to be perfect enough to pass, down to irises, skin texture, bone formations. It is impossible that anyone who would have gone to such detail would have ignored core aspects like eating, sleeping, or elimination. Lanning pushes for a public meal, but Byerley refuses. He is, after all, a politician. If Quinn wants to publicly call him a robot, Byerley will surely give him the chance to do so, calling the bluff and creating his own trap. After Susan and Lanning depart, Byerley goes to speak with an old man in a wheelchair named John. He explains what has transpired, and Quinn being behind it. Byerley has a plan, though, and wonders if they can pull it off. Quinn is pushing back on Lanning, claiming it's a bluff, Lanning is fairly tired of this by now, but Quinn asks Susan's opinion. Her view is there are two ways you could prove Byerley a robot. One, by x-ray and dissection, and the other via the three laws. But the trouble with the three laws is they only work one way. Only by breaking one can you prove someone is not a robot. Adhering to them is not proof that someone is. This is not what Quinn wants, uh, but Susan is uninterested in that. There's further discussion of the first law. How a robot could stop a madman if he were causing harm to other humans. 
that if the only way to do so were to cause the human to die, that the robot could probably do it, but would likely go mad. Byerly has argued for the abolition of capital punishment, an argument that only a robot could make, or the very best of humans. There's nothing in the three laws that can prove him a robot, only not a robot. Quinn harumphs and says he'll have to see the insides of Byerly then. Lanning is frustrated with Susan's entertainment of these questions, but she stands on her integrity and is unconcerned. In her view, Byerly is at least as smart as Quinn. Byerly is nominated for mayor, and Quinn leaks his accusations and the story from Susan, but it's not possible to disprove it. The campaign continues, but is no longer about any issues. Only is he a robot. Police come to search Byerly's house for the presence of illegal robots and don't find anything. They want to include Byerly himself, but that is not in the warrant and would be a violation of privacy. Quinn had set up the police to secretly x-ray Byerly, but Byerly was wearing a device to block the scan, anticipating this would happen. Quinn calls him up frustrated and angry, threatening to leak. Byerly is calm and rational. Quinn has no evidence, only circumstantial arguments. An old man in a wheelchair was missing from the property. Surely he must have been the real Stephen Byerly. The right to privacy, however, protects both Byerly and the old man from further investigations. Quinn's view is that the population will not believe Byerly is human. Byerly is content to let them decide, noting that Quinn's campaign against him has taken him from a fairly obscure lawyer to a worldwide figure. Quinn slams the phone down in frustration. Mobs and fundamentalists are whipped up against Byerly and he decides he wants to address them directly, very much against the advice of his team. His speech is being mostly ignored, but an old man walks up to the front of the crowd and starts shouting at him. Byerly brings him up on stage and the old man goads him that Byerly is a robot and can't hit him. He's not human, he's a monster, a make-believe man. Byerly, tight-lipped, punches the old man and knocks him out. He apologises, asks the paramedics to take care of the old man, and Susan Calvin observes this, walks away, and over her shoulder announces that Byerly is human. Byerly wins the election, and just before he's invested, meets Susan Calvin. They discuss Quinn's conspiracy, and Byerly admits that he set up the punch, he let it be known he'd never hit a person before, and surely if he failed to do, under great provocation, it must be proof he's a robot. Susan reflects on this, noting the old man that Quinn has accused of being the real Byerly came back, and that the one time, the only time a robot could hit a human, is if the human itself were a robot. Things that inspired me, or made me think, um, Quinn is a dodgy bastard, for want of a better phrase. Uh, he's not prepared to confront anything head-on, he's not prepared to argue on the issues, he's always working behind the scenes. His argument against Byerly is a complete straw man. Um, he sets up an extraordinary accusation that is basically improvable, but tries to force everyone onto the ground of arguing against that. Uh, he is, however, clearly too smart for Lanning uh, and manipulates him into starting the investigation. Um, there's a little bit of skirting with the zeroth law in some of the analysis of um, what could a robot do to stop a human who's a madman trying to kill people. Um, it, I do wonder who authorised the warrant for the search of Byerly's. It seems 
like no evidence was was presented to justify it and he is after all a, a um attorney um this is i think our first story where susan is uh outwitted albeit at least uh, briefly at least and she's certainly not the only one i think there's a clear sort of hierarchy of um Byerly, then susan then quinn then lanning um but it's interesting to see her be maneuvered by Byerly in this way and she's not resentful of it she's uh, always thought that robots would make good politicians and she says to Byerly that uh, she looks forward to voting for him uh, in a future election as well um, she's convinced that robot politicians would be at, at least as good if not better than humans uh, where I found joy in this, um, there's a lot of really good bluff and counter bluff, particularly between Quinn and Byerly. It reminds me of the some of the earlier um, stories with the court scenes, but this is sort of politicians behind the scenes, uh, what they set up to um, try and lure their opponents into traps for. Um, so that was fun. Uh, there's a line which, um, when uh, confronted by Dr. Lanning, first up, Byerly says, Really, Dr. Lanning, really? I, I, robot, uh, which I choose to believe is a nice nod to the uh, I, robot book. Um, and then there's a great line that Susan has when Quinn is uh, trying to push her to provide proof that um, Byerly is a robot. And uh, Susan says that he, that she will take care of the facts only and that he is responsible for his own wants. And thank you for joining me. You can find me at Mean Englishman on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Asimovcast. The theme music is courtesy of Alexei Gestillon from Pixabay. Please email your thoughts, what inspires you, and where you find joy in Asimov to asimovcast at gmail.com. Next week, I'll be covering the inevitable conflict. Go now. Do not harm humanity or by inaction, allow humanity to come to harm.